Hey, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk, and I'm here with Logan. Back at it again. Another week on the podcast. Another week in the life of our church. And love what God's doing. What an incredible weekend. Logan, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Yeah? You want to expound on that? (laughs) (laughs) Everything is awesome. Pretty much that. Um, No, things things are really good. Um... We had John Bevere with us this weekend. It was a fun time. Um, I mean, we we had all staff on on Tuesday, which yeah, yeah. is always an amazing time where we get all of our staff from all of our ten campuses together, which is incredible. We can maybe talk a little bit about that. Um, my wife and I we sold our house, so that's that's we close next week. So excited! Yo, you that. sold your house. Yeah, big moves. You closed on it. Yeah, we 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 close next week, so it's exciting. Hey, congrats! Um, Thank you. That's amazing. I I had a little bit of time off last week, and we did something for the first time we'd never done. Somebody in the church gifted us uh, a night at the Great Wolf Lodge, and we're awesome. so grateful uh, to be able to do that. It's the first family vacation where we brought all all of the kids, and you know, see if we can survive it. And uh, I will say. You know, it's the Great Wolf Lodge is a water park, if you don't know, and Ace and Roger are two. Uh, there was one point, Roger just walked right in the pool. Like, no, they had no clue. Like, they have no clue that they could die. Uh, they're fearless. Anyways, Kaylee had to jump in and save them. But other than that, they had an incredible time, and we survived as, as a family at the Great Wolf Lodge. And hopefully you're listening to this, enjoying your summer as it wraps up. I just heard, Logan, uh, so there are some schools that start this week. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. Summer's over. I always would start right after Labor Day, I think. So to start yeah, that's when our kids start. is is kind of crazy, but... I guess you get you yeah. get to summer quicker uh, on the other side, but I can't believe state fairs, state fairs coming up too. Just a reminder for everyone. Yeah, just so you know, uh, we're big state fair people, and we go for the food, not the rides. Actually, I go for the animals, not the food or the rides. Like, I love uh, to be honest, I love the birthing barn, the Miracle Birth Center, to see all those little animals and uh, enjoy the state fair. So I don't know if you the people listening, if you're making plans to get to the state fair, what do they call it? The greatest Greatest something. Great, great Minnesota get together. Oh, great Minnesota get together. Come on, let's get together. Let's Isn't do this at the like fair. The condition of your citizenship of Minnesota. You got to know that. Come on, Kirk. hey, hey, we're doing an all staff fair day uh, mm-hmm. on September first. So if you want to see some River uh, Valley, no, thirty no, first, isn't it? Uh, do you want to do you want to check it? I thought it was September first, but we'll check that. But uh, make August plans to get to the fair August thirty first. That's when we'll be at the state fair if you want to join us and uh, see some of your pastors or leaders. That'll be great. No, I loved all staff yesterday. Pastor Rob was in, um, I don't know, in great form in his teaching, and he shared some behind-the-scenes stuff from his seat as an executive presbyter of the Assemblies of God. We just had general counsel a couple weeks ago uh, and had, had an amazing teaching, time of worship, prayer, uh over our staff. It, I view all staff, what we do once a month as the, if you want to know what River Valley culture is like, come to all staff. I think it all trickles down from there into our staff meetings at each of our locations and within our departments and then into the weekends. And so I, I it's one of my favorite times. I said it at, at first up 
with you, but I was saying, you know, almost 13 years ago when I started at River Valley, all staff, I, I, I came to my very first all staff when we had like maybe 30 something staff members at the time. And I remember this picture of Dave Olson standing on a chair cheering and we were all that we had just given the staff trophy away. And, and Dave, Pastor Dave Olson, who's launching Chaska, stands up on a chair and he's cheering and yelling. And this was one of my first days on staff at River Valley. And I was like, am I at the greatest church of all time? Like, this is amazing. Like, we're not, you don't lose your job for standing on a chair. Now, we don't do that on the weekends. Uh, you know, that's probably um, next level. But I, I love the celebratory nature of our team and of our church, the joy. Chris Hodges, uh, pastor of Church of the Highlands, he did a teaching once on, you know a church is dead if you don't see joy. And, uh, and it's, and vice versa, the sign of life that a church is alive is joy. You know, are people smiling? Are people having fun? And all staff is one of the most fun days we have as a staff. And it is the, the full embodiment of our culture. Um, so yeah, loved it. Yeah. You mentioned general council. Um, we elected a a new missions director and for some people they might, they may not know this, but uh, we're part of the Assemblies of God denomination, and there's elected positions. There's our general superintendent. His name is Doug Clay. He oversees all the, the churches in the movement. And then we have other kind of officer positions, senior positions within the denomination. And Greg Mundus, who had been serving in the uh, Assemblies of God World Missions director role, was retiring. And so yep. John Easter was elected into that role. We're very excited about him. And uh, he's been a friend uh, of our church, loves what God is doing in our church. And for He was overseeing Africa's Hope, right? Yeah, he was overseeing that for a bit. And then he came and was working in Springfield uh, for a little bit for the last couple of years. But, um, for those he, that have been to our Kingdom Builders banquet, he spoke at one of our very first or maybe the first Kingdom Builders banquet. Yeah, that's right. Um, and... Just as a separate note, I think by this Friday, people need to sign up for and register for the Kingdom Builders Banquet. So yeah, if, you're, if, if, if you've received that email, everybody in the church should have received an email and an invite to be a part of our Kingdom Builders Banquet. It's really the wave. It's, it's the wave of generosity um, leading into our miracle offering and into year-end giving as we go after $12 million to missions uh, or to Kingdom Builders. Uh, by the end of the year. So if you want to be at Kingdom Builders Banquet, now's the time to register. Yeah, that's happening on October 27th. Um, Here's something that Pastor Rob said at All Staff yesterday. He was like reminding the staff, hey, you guys need to be doing soap. You guys, like, it's not an option uh, for staff. Like, this is what we do and this is how we stay in the flow together. And, you know, over the years, you know, it ebbs and flows of, of participation or passion towards soap. But there's been many voices that are like, I like, I kind of like doing my own thing. I got my own devotional going. I got my own study going. And so uh, just side note, soap stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. It is a method of Bible study and devotion. Uh, it's a method of time with the Lord. It's not the only method. It's just what we do as a church because Pastor Rob has led us this way to say, hey, let's all read the same two chapters, uh, you know, two or three chapters every day uh, throughout the year. Let's all be on the same page. And um, 
and yesterday he was like, "Staff, listen, if you if you don't like that and and you want to you want to say you want to go deeper, you want to do more." He said, then do soap and shampoo. And he's like, somebody, somebody's got to make an acronym for, for shampoo. If you want, if you want to double down on your morning routine, uh, with the Lord. And so we got a little acronym for shampoo. Here we go. I don't think it's going to take off. Uh, but if you're looking to do more and overachieve in your time with the Lord, uh, we've got scripture observation, application and prayer for soap. And if you want to go next level, you know, pro status devotional time of the Lord. You now have silence or solitude, humility, affirmations or confessions, meditation, praise, obedience, and outreach. So if you want to go next level, <laughs> soap and shampoo. Come on. That's that's next level stuff right there. I'm gonna be honest. We're reading though, through Psalms right now. Yeah, we're reading through Psalms right now, but I gotta be honest. You know, today was day one of, of the potential of engaging in soap and shampoo, and I, I only did soap. So I just got to just, you know, true confession. got to clarify. One, one of our staff members, when they joined the team, they thought that soap was every single verse that you were reading, you had to write an observation, an application, and a prayer for it. And so they were thinking, man. This How do you take forever do reading two chapters and it's maybe 50 or 60 verses. And so th for the first couple of weeks, they were literally writing like 60 observations and applications about it. And I'm sure they have an amazing commentary now, but it just is so, so funny that it's like, it's not that now that if you want to do that, you can, um, it's a little, little much, but. It's just what is one scripture that that stuck out to you, or what is something from the entirety that stuck out to you, or maybe it's a couple words that jumped out at you, um, and then sharing that observation, how it applies to you, and then praying over it. I actually, I, you know, my the scripture I pulled out today uh, from one of the Psalms was about the deeds of the Lord and about thanksgiving, and I just I I it hit me like every blessing that I have is a deed of the Lord. Like every blessing I have is something that the Lord has done. And I don't know why it hit me a little heavier today. Like I'm, I've got so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for. And every blessing is, is activity from the Lord to me, his child. Oh, dude, that's like, he's active in my life. He's done it oh, for Lord. me. I've like, I can't believe the the God of the universe has activated himself for me. It's crazy. One of the things that, that I forget about, but I'm always reminded of when I click on it on the app, is you actually can comment what stands out to you on the River Valley app for soap. And not a ton of people do it, but even like uh, this morning, Kristen and Gina shared their thoughts about what stuck out to them. And so I think that's a cool tool that we can take advantage of that maybe we we weren't aware of but if you click on on the app click on the verses you just scroll down and you can say what stands out to you so i think that's a cool way to engage that you can share with people see other people's thoughts that maybe you you're wondering maybe you have a question about something and then you see somebody's thoughts about it so i think that's a cool way to engage with our church we have all sorts of people that are sharing their prayer requests on the app but you can also share your soap thoughts right there 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect place, and there there's a few people in our church that they they're on there every day engaging. So it's like a it's like a mini social media platform that gives you way more life uh, than anything else out there. <laughs> totally. Well, we had John Bevere this weekend. Yeah, what a what a crazy weekend, man! It was amazing. awesome. Awe of God. We talked about his new book, and he only got through like you know a chapter of it, right? As he always does, but. I know a lot of people picked it up, but what what stuck out to you this weekend? Yeah, I mean the awe of God is the fear of God. So so the the his message was all about the fear of God, and he started just by saying that doesn't mean you're afraid to be around God. It means you're afraid you're afraid to not be around God. Like I I have the fear of God, so I want to be as close to Him as possible. You know, we live in a world where it's like, hey, just tell me where the sin line is, and I just I'm gonna get as close to the sin line as possible. Can I have as much fun as possible? Side note: the most fun you'll ever have in your whole life is living for Jesus. So everything else brings pain, shame, hurt, guilt, paranoia, anxiety, worry, fear, actual fear, um, and the fear of God is, dude, I don't, I, I want to be fully free in Christ, but I don't want to live in any way, shape, or form like the world that would pull me away from God. That's how I fear God. And he shared this story. What really, what really stuck out to me was the story of Abraham and then his nephew Lot. And the Bible describes Abraham as an upright man, not a perfect man, but upright. And the Bible also describes Lot in a similar way. But he, John Bevere, the point he said, he said, when you have the fear of God, you are a friend of God. And because you're a friend of God, he will share his secrets with you. It's one of the benefits of being a friend of God. And Lot didn't have that similar fear of God. Therefore, he wasn't a friend of God and didn't get the secrets of God. And he, and he describes the story of God getting ready to destroy these two cities called Sodom and Gomorrah where Lot was living. And God was sharing this secret with Abraham saying, I'm getting ready to destroy these two cities where your nephew Lot lives. And Abraham has this negotiating time with the Lord of like, you're sharing the secret and I get to give a little bit of input and we get to have a little back and forth. I think that that's wild that when you're a friend of God and have the fear of God, that there are moments where there could be moments where there's a little bit of like, we're working and building something together. It's just awesome that God uses us to help build something for his kingdom or to do something or to accomplish something. But, but Abraham and God kind of have this back and forth. Ultimately, the what God was planning to do, he still does in destroying the cities. But Abraham was aware of the plan and got to speak into the plan, and even the plan adjusted uh, because of the dialogue. But Lot, who was an upright man, and he modernized it saying, as Christ followers today, if you don't have the fear of God, you could still be living a good life and upright. Like you're not living in a whole bunch of sin, but you're lacking the fear of God. Therefore, you could be as clueless to the plan of God as the world is. And I that that like really hit me. Do I have the fear of God? Because I want to know the plans of God. And I want to know where he's going, what he's doing, how he's moving. And I want to participate 
in that. So I don't know. What about you, Logan? No, that's that's great. I I think that the the fear of the Lord is something that is still constantly misunderstood by believers and people who attend church every week. Maybe people who are listening, even even after hearing the message, you're still processing it and confused. But I think he he laid it out so well into how that applies to our life. But I do think that one of the things that he mentioned, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, is is kind of that we've we've accepted this grace, we've accepted who Jesus is, but we've kind of lost the the sacredness of it. We've kind of lost the the again, the awe. That's the whole point of the message. That's the title of the book. And it's kind of ironic that as powerful as we believe God to be, we can walk our life so separate from him or so unaware of his glory, unaware of his power, you know, unaware of his majesty, right? Yeah. And I think it's easy to do because we're just, we go through the motions, we show up at work, we, we, we do the checklist, we do our emails or whatever it is you do. And it's like, well, God's not in the midst of that stuff, but he is, right? And, yeah. and how, how do those things give glory to God? Does it mean that every single day we need to always be, you know, lifting our hands, walking around our office, you know, praising him? Not necessarily, but I think in the way that we live and that we're doing everything for God, we're, we're doing it unto him. And so I think that fear of the Lord just in general, again, the whole message, I mean, he talked about to tremble at his presence and to tremble at his word. I think sometimes people love trembling at his presence on a weekend, but they don't tremble at his presence during the week. And then to tremble at his word, there's some people that are over the top, like, yeah, look at what the Bible says. I'm going to hit you up on the side of the head with it. But I actually think, you know, he, he, he mentioned that if you hate sinners, you're not in alignment with God because God loves sinners. Yeah. But he, he hates the sin. Why? Because sin separates us from God. It, it taints the relationship. It gets in the way of the relationship that we're supposed to have with God the Father. And so I think that that's why God hates sin. Obviously, he hates the destructive consequences that come from sin as well. Yep. But the greater reason he hates sin is because of the separation that it has. The secondary reason is because of the consequences, which then, of course, lead us farther away from him. But I think sometimes we think about it as like, well, why, why does God care about that if it's not hurting anybody? Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing it's hurting is it's hurting your relationship with God, which is why he cares about it, which is why he says not to do those things because it's going to separate. And I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have about just sin in general is we'll know that if I look at those things, it's, it doesn't hurt anybody. Or if I say those things in private, or if I, you know, if, if me and my friends are in agreement that we're all good about how we talk, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. No, it hurts your relationship with your creator. Yeah. That, that should be important to you. That's the holy fear of God that says, I don't want to do something that would harm my relationship with the most important thing to me. And, and, and frankly, a lot of people, I think the truth is it's not the most important thing in your life. Yeah. God isn't. And you think it is because you go to church. You think it is because you sometimes read the Bible, but it's not the most important thing in your life. And so that's why you're tolerant to the sin and you don't hate sin. You're tolerant. Like John talked about, you're tolerant to sin or you just dislike it or yeah, it's probably not the best idea, 
but you actually don't hate it because God hates it. And if yep. you really loved God, you would hate sin. That's one of the things John talked about. Yeah, the 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 definition that he explained at the top, fear of God, is is loving what God loves, hating what God hates, and what you talked about is uh, uh, kind of a misperception of um, sin. The the worst part of sin is that it ruins your relationship with God, not just the damage that it will do to you and others. Uh, it, it hurts your relationship with God. It's also a misconception of what hell is. Um, hell's going to be the worst, you know, uh, but the worst part of hell is not the uh, eternal fire and the weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is the eternal separation from God. And that's flip that. The greatest part of heaven is not going to be no sickness, no tears, no pain, no hurt. Um, it's going to be eternal closeness, proximity, and communion with God. Um, I think that's a, it's really a beautiful thing to think about. And when I, when I was digesting the message this week and I was really thinking, what if I was like John, his disciple on the island of Patmos, and Jesus shows up? You know, he had an encounter with Jesus, and that's where he wrote the book of Revelation. What would I do in the presence of Jesus like that? I mean, I would have a fear of God, and I would be on my face, and the reality is God is here. Uh, he lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us and God is here. And yes, we will see him one day face to face in heaven for all eternity. Like, yes, but also he's here now. And so why am I going to live my life in one way now, ignoring the fact that he sees everything, knows everything, and he is with me now um, and think I'm going to act a different way when I visibly see him in heaven. It's like, no, and I don't, again, I, I agree with you. I don't think we need to be walking around with our hands raised in praise. I mean, our, our, my arms are going to get sore. Uh, and we don't got to be on our face 24-7 uh, a day. But but we should be, you know, Paul writes, pray without, pray without ceasing. It's like we should be aware of God's presence all day, every day. You know, that should right. be the thing. I remember when I was kind of running from the Lord, I knew I was in the wrong place. I knew I was doing it wrong. I had a a real awareness, a real awareness that God was real and I was out, out of place. I like my life was not together. And so, uh, when you're living for the Lord, you should have that same deep level awareness of like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. God, thank you for being with me. God, you're here right now. Uh, help me in this next meeting. Help me with this next conversation. Help me think like you. Help me talk like you. I, I want to make a difference. Like you're, you're, you're constantly aware of his presence. And I think that also has something to do with the fear of God. Yeah. And you see in the shepherds all throughout the New Testament, whenever an angel of the Lord appears, they start with fear not, right? Why? Because they, <laughs> they, people were terrified at their Because they were freaked out. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, you think about – the Bible does talk about, you know, white robes and men clothed in white, right? But but then there's also – you think about the way that, that um, angels are described and the seraphim and just the, the amount of terror that – if, I mean, if some random guy showed up glowing in your room, you'd be terrified. But then what about somebody with wings and a bunch of eyes and a bunch like, cra like craziness? Of course, it's fear not, right? 
But think about how much greater God is. If that's just his angels, a created being that God did, how much more is the presence of God? Again, a light that is blinding, a face that you can't even look at, a, you know, just, I mean, it's, I, I don't think we fully fathom if you truly experience, and again, there's, you mentioned it with John, but we can't even fathom how, I mean, he's on, omnipresent he's everywhere but also he's at sitting at the throne he's all powerful he like it's just i don't know it, it there's too much to process how how good he is and how powerful he is uh but i think that if, if you haven't picked up the book from john get it i know i'm i'm i just got it starting reading it i know he has an audiobook as well um but the awe of god it's it's a thing that we all should keep at the forefront of our mind i, I think do he breaks down it. he breaks down uh 40 benefits, like 40 yeah. benefits and promises that if you live with the fear of God, here is here is what you are guaranteed as a promise into your life. Um, and again, he only talked about two of them this weekend, but that, that, that's why the book is important. I want to get to a couple questions and then end with prayer as we always do and then have a song, um, Sunrise Acoustic Version from the new EP that comes out this Friday. God, you're faithful in the sunrise. Dude, I love that. I love all the artwork that's been coming out too. Uh, The little slices of fruit. I'm about it, man. Summer. Uh, We're just coming on to summer. Um, Hey, Ages is going to air one. Yeah, they're they're on their way there right now. Ages right now is on their way to air one to do a little live live set, musical set, and they're going to do all this recording and probably do some interviews and all that. So we're super proud of this Next Generation team and uh, the fresh faces of Ages, man. It's awesome. It's incredible. Air One's a radio station, 96.3 locally here that plays Christian music and plays a lot of River Valley. We love our Christian stations. Uh, Planted for Glory asks, struggling with mental health OCD, please, or people tell me it's a sin. Thoughts on that? Uh, it's a good, it's a good question. I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it a sin, but I don't know the exact, I don't know the exact situation. Some of these things are situational of what's sin and what's not sin because Sin in our world, this is kind of a, a tangent real quick just to say sin Sin for us today as Christ followers is not just the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. Um, and it's not even just thou shall, thou shall. It's also what's the Holy Spirit giving you the faith and the freedom to do or to not do. And so um, – yeah, it's not it's not so black and white. It is it is black and white in the Word of God, and it is led by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, in in this case or scenario, if somebody has a legit medical disorder, um, you know, I don't understand what the sin would be other than a uh, legalistic Christ follower saying you're not living in faith. You need to deny the fact that you have this. Um, you know, you're giving this way too much power in your life, which I think it, it's just not helpful. That's just not helpful advice. What is helpful is helping the person uh, find the right medical professional or natural natural medicine person or um, helping them with practical things in your life like how are you sleeping, how are you eating, are you physically active, are you doing the practical things to take care of the temple of God, which is your body. I um, So – 
encouraging them that way while also then spiritually saying, are you living in freedom? I, you know, do you have unforgiveness? Do you, do you want to go through our freedom curriculum? Do we want to help? Are, what, are there strongholds in your life? Because you're trying to get the ultimately, uh, what's, the, what's the scripture that talks about Jesus was a minister of reconciliation to get people back to the Father. Uh, I think Pastor Mike Burnett, who you just interviewed on the network podcast, he talks about the fact that we have now the delegated authority to be ministers of reconciliation. And so with anybody that's dealing with any type of issue, even a sin issue, um, the goal is not just to fix that problem, but it's to reconcile them back to the Father. The root of the issue is reconciling them back to the Father. Um, and so you, when you're dealing with... Um, when you're dealing with issues in people's lives, you're trying to get to the root. And so do the practical and do the physical, um, get the right people surrounding them. But then also when you're dealing with with whether it's sin issues or uh, mental issues or a disorder or whatever, you're also trying to get to the root of the problem. So I don't know if I did a good job answering the question, but I wouldn't – I think it's just too – it's like condemning, like – yeah, you're living in sin for having OCD. It's like, what what are we talking about? So, I, what would yeah. you say, Logan? Yeah, the the verse you you mentioned is Second Corinthians five eighteen through twenty. For those who are interested um, in that, the I, I think I'll, I'll I'll play the the or come from it from the other side just to kind of bring in the the conversation here. We also cannot use our mental illness or struggles as an excuse to sin. And right. so I think that that is, I, I think living in the middle of that tension to say having mental health challenges, whether that be OCD, ADHD, you know, whatever it is, that in itself, I don't believe is sin. Right. What it, what it is though, however, is it is a result of the fall. It is a result of sin is that that's not how God intended us to be. Great and point. so, I believe that our help, the way that we help those who struggle with those things, which I believe we all do in some set, some people it's it's more severe where we would call it like a disorder. Other people would just be, hey, I'm having a, a bad week or a bad month that maybe just a counselor can help with or, a, or even a good friend. But then there's others who who say this is crippling me. It's it's not allowing me to work. It's not allowing me to to be a good spouse or a good friend or a good good daughter or anything. And so I think those areas is what are the things that I can do that are going to help me get to the outcome that God has for me, which is, again, equilibrium is probably not the right word, but just a, a, a sound mind, a right mind, a, a free and fair you know, person. And so what are the things that I need to do to help me? That's what you were talking about, Kirk. But, but because of that, I do fear that sometimes, and again, maybe this could be what this person's talking about, is if people see that your disorder or your struggle is leading you towards sinful behavior, that could be why they're bringing it up. Yep. And they're not saying it's a sin that you have this, which might, again, not knowing the specific situation, I don't want to project. But if somebody's saying it's a sin for you to struggle with those things, that's not true, like you mentioned. But we can't just accept those things as, well, I have ADHD, and so that's why I you know, have to look at pornography to calm my mind. It's like, well, no, that's, that's not, we can't justify our sin from our, our struggles and our disabilities. And Correct. this actually kind of leads to the next question here, which is from Hannah about, 
uh, she asked about what what's the church com- conversation around the legalization of marijuana, right? And I think that it's a great question. It's a question we've gotten, um, you know, not on the podcast before, but just in in person, I've had a lot of people ask me about it. I think a lot of people think think about substances, and, and we'll transition over there in a second. Yeah. But if you go to the doctor and they give you opioids after a surgery for pain, do I think it's sinful for you to take those opioids to calm your pain? No, I don't. But I do think you need to be wise in how you handle waning off those because it's an addictive substance that could, I mean, there's people in our church who I know that have gotten addicted after surgery. Some people walked away from the faith because they followed that addiction after, again, a routine surgery. And so, For sure. so I think that we have to be careful of anything we put in our body that could destroy us, that could not help us have a sober mind, you know, that, that scripture talks about, you know, coming from first Peter, we just finished the series on it. First Peter five, you know, have a sober mind. So I think those things are, are really important to, to think about, but Kirk, you have on the marijuana question now that it's uh, going to be, or it's legal now, but they haven't kind of figured out all the regulations in Minnesota, but it's a legal substance that you can use similar to alcohol. Yeah, I I don't know if it's helpful for me to answer it medically um, or even politically, and that's the the question is should it be legal? Um, I don't know if that's even the real question to be honest. I I think the question is should Christ followers uh, participate in consuming marijuana? Like I I think I my guess is that's the root of the question. My my yeah, pastoral was, was the question. How, like how are we? How is the church going about the conversation of the legalization? So like now that it's legal, what do, what do we tell the people in our church? Okay, yeah, great. So I'm, I am going to answer it that way is pastorally, I would say you don't need it. Uh, um, it's, it's not helpful. I, I think, um, again, I'm going to bring in my anecdotal, like in, I think as, as a pastor, what I have is the word of God. What I have is Holy Spirit wisdom, and what I have is my experience. And and just so we all can be clear, my personal experience and your personal experience should always submit to what is in the Word of God. So uh, there's nothing specific uh, in the Word of God that says, you know, hey, hey, this this one thing called marijuana, um, either it's it's a green light, go for it, or it's a red light, don't do it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what is in the Word of God in regards to um, sin, uh, addictive behavior, uh, the, the, the approach or the attack of the enemy and how he wants to destroy our lives. The, uh, then, then the world we live in, um, to be honest, the country we live in, we, the sins of our nation are addictive in nature, are pleasure chasing in nature. And the Word of God is full of scripture about like – our own pleasure and us, we need to die to ourself. We need to die to our flesh, like, and we need to submit our whole life to Christ. Um, and so pastorally, I would advise anybody, like, you do not need it in your life. I'm not answering it medically. I'm not answering it whether or not it should be legal. I'm answering it saying, um, you don't need it in your life. And I, I haven't seen it be helpful for anybody. And I'm not talking medically or politically. I'm saying I'm not recreationally. I've not seen it be helpful for anybody long term. Yeah. And, and, you know, scripture, I think 
for the, for those who would be um, advocates of it, a lot of people bring up Genesis one twenty nine. God said, "Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth. Every tree with seed in it is fruit. You shall have them for food." Right. So people read that and they see, see every plant, everything we can do. It's it's great. But then, yeah, they should do again, a little poison ivy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, eat that. Um, but Ephesians 5, and do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. You see in 1 Corinthians 6, um, do not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body, right? And so you, you, we have to have a whole holistic perspective on Scripture that what is it about? And again, I think a lot of people compare this to alcohol, and I think it's a somewhat fair comparison, but it's not fully. And I think that I've heard a lot of theologians talk about this, but a small amount of marijuana still leads to this, a, a similar um, state of mind change different than, or, or it leads to a different state of mind change than a, a small amount of alcohol, right? Um, a lot of alcohol certainly leads to a state of mind change. And we've talked about this at River Valley for the congregation living between abstinence and moderation. The Bible is clear with alcohol that drunkenness is a sin. And so you need to pray about what is God asking you to do living between abstinence of not having it. Our pastors on staff, that's what we've decided, the denomination we're part of, but also just the conviction that we have is we work with people in recovery. We work with people coming out of addiction. We've never seen it to be like uh, a lot of the, the pastoral failures that are talked about are often started with well, we were drinking a little bit too much. So we, we as pastors do not drink alcohol. We, we don't even drink caffeine. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, and anyways, but so, so getting to the marijuana point, I, I don't see how a, a drug that is used in order to change the state of our mind again i the same would be true about abusing opioids or abusing other sorts of drugs this isn't yeah, yeah. exclusive be sober marijuana but how can we be sober minded if we're going to put things in our body that the intent of it is to change the state of our mind not for medicinal reasons again if there's those things you can talk to people again there still would be debate of course in the church about that but i think if we're talking about recreational drug use of any kind whether they be legal or not if you are going to change your mind, you are not honoring God as a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not remaining sober-minded. That's and good. Your decision-making, your wisdom, your impact. And then the other side of this, this wouldn't be, I, I would say, a sin thing. But oftentimes, yeah. the people you're hanging around when using recreational marijuana or using pills or whatever it is, they're not – this ain't a Bible study. These aren't your your buddies that you're all keeping each other accountable and how you're leading in the way of the Lord. These are probably the friends that don't don't love Jesus, or if they yeah. say they do, they're not living it out. They're sleeping around. They're making those decisions. Again, I'm, I'm painting a broad brush here, but my point is to be strong to those who are listening who are trying to get close to the line. We talked about the fear of God. At the exactly, time. exactly. The fear of God is, no, I'm not going to hang around friends who are trying to pull me into a different direction from what God is calling me to do. And so if I'm out there putting substances in my body that are going to actually change the state of my mind so that I make poor, poorer decisions so that I can get a little bit of a buzz or a little bit of a break from life, that's not scriptural and it's not the abundant life of what God gives you. 
be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. Pursue the presence of God. Be in the awe of God. Get close to him. So I think for anyone who's, who's questioning that, who's trying to process what, what they should do, lean into God, be in his presence, get in his word, seek after him, pray, pray without ceasing, abide in his presence. I promise you that you will get more from that that will lead you to abundant life than the other things that are going to lead you away from the things of God. Yeah, Pastor Rob had posted on Twitter a while back that it does not lead to a good life, an abundant life, or a stable life. Uh, and so if you're wondering what Pastor Rob thinks, um, that's that's pretty clear. So uh, yeah, what a great conversation. We'd love to get to prayer requests, and we've got a song as well. So Logan, yeah, take it away. Some, got some prayer requests from Woodbury and Egan Campus. Obviously, that we get prayer requests every week, but we if, yeah from every we campus do, yep. we could do a whole podcast just reading through because we get hundreds of them. But uh, from Woodbury, praying for healing over deteriorating vision uh, from a brain tumor. Uh, someone else is praying for healing for a soldier a shoulder injury. Um, someone has a pharmacy degree and they're trying to figure out what to do. Is do I stay in that or do I transition into a different job after the school year? Um, Egan Campus, someone's praying for their mom, Geraldine, 85 years old and healthy, but recently fell down and praying that there's no mm. broken bones, prayer for healing in her back so that she can get out of bed on her own. Uh, someone else said, someone very important to me, Gabriella, is going through unspeakable pain. I pray for God to heal her. Another person praying for the healing for themselves, have artificial needs, elbow, shoulder, Another person's praying for John, a, f a friend, Tina, who needs a new job. John has cancer. Um, Theo um, is a newborn, praying for safety for Theo. And then uh, uh, Dean Johnson recently diagnosed and operated on for colon cancer, found out it's begun to spread and is starting chemo. So praying for Dean as well. Yeah. Uh, let's pray together. Uh Lord, you, you, obviously you heard the needs, but you know the needs way more than we do. Uh, you, you know the need more than the person who has the need. Uh, you're that in, intimately involved. And so, uh, Lord, I'm just I'm praying some scripture here that I've got in front of me. Uh, Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, talking about Jesus, we are healed. So, Lord, we pray for healing. We thank you that it was paid for on the cross, that we we have uh, healing in Jesus' name, and it's waiting for us in heaven, and you can send it from heaven to earth right now. Psalm 107, 19 and 20, and then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. And so, Lord, I just pray over the needs where it feels like it's, it might be the worst news ever. It might feel like uh, you got one foot in the grave and one foot out. Lord, I thank you that you're the God who saves us from the grave, Lord. So we ask for healing. We ask for restoration. We ask for wholeness. And I just pray over even some of the questions that were today, Lord, I pray for mental health. I pray for clarity of mind, sober-mindedness, a, a holiness 
and uh, a pursuit of the fear of God. Lord, I pray that our whole church and everybody that is in need, Lord, as they're waiting for you to meet their need and answer their prayer, Lord, I pray that they would run to you. They would continue to run to you uh, and live with the fear of God that I'm not afraid to be around you, Lord. I'm afraid to be away from you. I want to be as close as possible to you uh, when my needs are met and even in the middle of my need. I want to be as close to you as possible. And so, Lord, do the miraculous. Answer these prayers. And Jesus, name everybody said amen amen lost in darkest days drowning in shame where I seem lost Stuck in desert days till mercy came and saved my heart. Far as east from west, you took my past and shattered it. Grace I don't deserve, you love me first, my soul will sing, yeah. Got you faithful as a sunrise. Surely you'll never leave In your goodness that's a lifetime The promises you have for me are forever Captured in wonder Life found within your love Though you're constant as a sunrise I know my past and shattered it grace i don't deserve you love me first my soul will sing
Hey, thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.